You're listening to episode 61 of It's an Adventure with Daniel and Victor. You can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. This includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can donate to this podcast on Anchor, and if you like this podcast, tell a friendo. Obsidian, we know you guys are the real OGs. Keep doing your thing. Bethesda, you suck butt. Enjoy this week's episode. Go for it. I've been feeling pretty down about my parenting lately. Then tonight I hear my son say, I'm going to say they because I don't know their gender. Or them. Both. Maybe I'm getting something right. (laughs) What was that from? It's on Woke Kids. (laughs) That's hilarious. Was that a meme or was that an actual account? Uh, someone tweeted that. Gotcha. I guess we could start the podcast now. I guess. Oh, I could are be we re- good? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Let's, let's make that the um, start. <laughs> we started, or what's going on? No, yeah, we started. Okay. Um, I've been on some. Uh, well, welcome to the podcast. It's an adventure. My name is Victor Wright. My name is Daniel Farius. Um. I, sorry, I found, I, last one, I swear, the left wants to simultaneously save glaciers and abolish ice. <laughs> Let that sink in. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Last one, okay, that was it. Um, I've been on some forums lately of people asking, what are the worst celebrity encounters you've ever had? And every single one of them has had Tom Cruise on them. Tom Cruise? Like, what does he do? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. All of all of the bad celebrity encounter forums have Tom Cruise on them, but he's never like a dick or anything. He's just kind of weird. <laughs> like, it's just him. Someone said, oh yeah, I really like the color purple. And Tom Cruise got super interested in the color purple. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why is that your favorite color? I, I don't... What, He's crazy, right? Yeah, dude, he jumps on couches. Professes his love for people on Oprah. I think he's known for being a a fucking crazy-ass guy in Hollywood. Because even outside the Scientology thing, he's like kind of... He's manic. Yeah, like he just seems like he bounces off the walls. Yeah. I really wish he wasn't crazy. (laughs) Because if you hear the director commentary for like... Uh, the latest Mission Impossible movie, he gets super excited about the scenes, and he's like, oh yeah, you're gonna love this scene and everything. It's like, you were in the movie. Well, It's so nice that you're happy about it. Well, maybe it's a good thing that he's found movies, because he's able to channel his crazy into that, because the motherfucker goes all out on the stunts. Oh, I know, He attaches himself to the planes, he... he, Didn't he skydive for that movie? I think so. From an I, I incredibly, think, yeah. like, really tall height, <laughs> like, up in the fucking sky. The kind of shit um, that would make you shit your pants. I think he didn't, not for this specific movie, but at some point he did learn how to, like, fly a helicopter. Yeah. For something. So he goes out. I think that's how he channels his crazy. That's where he exhibits it, and it's it shines, dude. All of those Mission Impossible stunts are really fucking good, and it's because he's insane. 
Tom Cruise is a drug addict <laughs> who just never did drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's, he's always looking for that new high. Yeah. He's just um, on something perpetually. I say that one more time. He's on something perpetually. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we got a great show for tonight, or today. It's morning when we're doing this. But we release it at night. Uh, that's true. Uh, you saw The Lighthouse, which we'll get to in a second. Um, some video game news and Game of Thrones shit, too. So, you want to talk about The Lighthouse? Yeah. What did you think? I liked it a whole lot. Um, yeah, me too. Good. Okay. Going, I was scared. Yeah, just from afar, if you look at the trailer and you, you read up on some details... Like you see how it's in black and white, and the uh, the aspect ratio is weird. It I think it's to match like the silent movies from back in the day when the the movie takes place. Because I think it takes yeah. place in like the early nineteen hundreds, if I'm correct. Uh, I uh, I want to say like or eighteen hundreds around the turn of the century. Yeah, somewhere around there, and um, I if you look at all that from afar. For me, I would be like, oh, that's pretentious bullshit. <laughs> like, that's just some guy trying to be snooty or something. I don't know. You can sort of see how, like, film schooly it is. Does that make yeah. any sense? Oh, yeah. It makes sense. Because, oh, sorry, real quick. Yeah, Lighthouse Keepers um, took place in the 1890s. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I, um, I'll get into it when I do my thoughts on it yeah but there were a few moments where robert eggers was like vaping his own fart juice yeah where he was <laughs> like that south park episode where they moved to san francisco and gerald learns how to smell his own yes. farts like everybody he exactly, farts yeah. and he just bends down and goes ah <laughs> that's it but um yeah i there was there were very i felt like there were very little scenes that featured that i think everything was in tow with uh, the story and I guess like the time that it took place in. I loved, I absolutely loved, there's a scene where it's it's filmed in this weird aspect ratio where it's a square and it's, it matches the silent movies from, I guess, back then during the turn of the century. And there's yeah. a scene where you have CGI. You got grade A 2019 CGI and it's mixed with like the aspect ratio and the black and white. I, I loved it. I don't know. I like seeing the, the mix of like the really old and the really new. And I appreciated that shit. I think everyone should go see this. It's different. It's different from the usual shit that is in theaters. It will it will heal your soul and give you some culture, you swine. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just even removing the CGI parts. Yeah. This feels like a movie from the 20s or 30s. It does. Just with... Just with Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. The guy from Twilight. Exactly. Um, the guy yeah, from Twilight say, really surprised me. He's he's good. I mean, after Twilight, people give him shit for no reason now. Yeah. Because he went the art house route. He had to, dude. <laughs> That's the only way to save his career. But he's, think, he's, a, well, he's I, a talented actor. He's good. I think he just... Frankly, I think he just likes acting. Yeah. And so he goes and does small A24 films like Good Time and The Lighthouse, which, I mean, The Lighthouse 
for being an art house film, it's doing pretty well. It was like number eight last weekend. Yeah, people are really office. digging it for some reason, and they should. It's a, it's good, and like I said, it's, it's different, and it's I like that. Like you said, it's it feels like a movie from the nineteen twenties and thirties. It's always mm-hmm. good to see like uh like uh, an old format like that come back and feel fresh and new. It's like exactly, with like yeah. the what, what Jack White does with like his movies and not his movies, his music with like the White Stripes and shit. How he's just basically playing the blues, but it's in t- 2003 and it sounds like the most revolutionary thing at the time. Sometimes right, you right. just have to bring shit back and be like, look, look how cool this is. It's still really cool. Um, I do think. Oh, it's so like real quick. Lighthouse is about Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson who play lighthouse keepers. And they just get stranded on a New Zealand island. New Zealand, New England. New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. That's where, from where my grandmother's from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then stranded on a New England island back in the eighteen nineties, um, and they also go through all kinds of hallucinations and everything. Just background on the film as we're talking about it. When I say the uh, Robert Eggers like was a little up his own ass. That's just kind of part of being in an art house film. Yeah. You know? And I think even when I say that, it still matches and pushes the story forward or says something. It does. Because this movie, small, like minor spoilers from here on out, on my end, is basically the story of Proteus and Prometheus from Greek mythology. And That's, is that the motherfucker that lifts the stone up the hill? Uh, no. Or is that uh, the motherfucker that has uh, his? Uh, he's in the flames and the birds tearing his flesh. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, he stole the fire from the gods. There you go. He was punished by birds eating his innards while he was still alive. I, I remember and, meeting him in God of War. Very yes. Um. And because God of War is very good about that kind of yeah. stuff, and, and, and I'm being serious by the way. <laughs> um, and listen, there are references to it throughout, but the final scene, the final is scene, like, yeah, basically, this is what the movie was. But along with that, it's also a lot of has a lot of good metaphors for alcoholism. Yeah, because at some point halfway through the movie. The scenes where the characters are drunk make way more sense than the scenes where they're sober. And uh, if you've ever either had to deal with addiction or know someone who's dealt with addiction, you know how, like, what a cool choice that was yeah. for, uh, for that. Um, a lot of masturbation in this in A this lot, movie. dude. Uh, there was um, a shot where we saw, uh, I think, Willem Dafoe's cheeks. So if you're into yeah. that... Fucking go see this movie. <laughs> I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by all the masturbation <laughs> in the movie. Um, no, overall, I, I love... This is top... Might be my, the best year, best movie I've seen this year. Uh, um, I have to think about it, but I think there's one movie that I uh, saw earlier this year that I like more than this one. I can't remember it. This one is probably like straight number two for me, I think. Yeah, um, I think. Well, I, I just really haven't seen that many movies this year. Yeah, if so I can that... be if I can be honest with you, Victor, around this time I go out for a jog, 
and whenever I go out for a jog, I get really high. So that's why if it sounds like I'm stumbling a little bit, that's that's because. Oh, gotcha. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, viewers. You're you're being unprofessional. I'm being unprofessional, but this is the beauty of doing this podcast from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I like I bet you're buck ass naked right now, just on your uh, computer eating some muffins on your bed because shit, it's remote, bitches. Jerking off. <laughs> I love there. There's a scene before we continue. Yeah. I love the scene where Robert Pattinson is looking up at Willem Dafoe jerking uh, off, <laughs> and then just goop drops down. Drops down. From the, from the things that gets all over Robert Pattinson. Oh, this movie has a lot of good jokes in it too. It does, yeah. Hey, it's man. It's not a complete downer. No, it's it's pretty funny. It has its moments of levity, and I I want to give a shout out to Willem Dafoe. That guy can act his ass off and his face is so gloriously ugly there are yep. some scenes in that movie it would not work if it weren't willem dafoe that guy's face is just fearsome and the way that they light it and yep. just the way that he's able to contort it and the way it yep. moves when he's talking it's it's frightening and it's so effective do you know the scene i'm talking about i yes it's the one where he one. he gets mad about uh, the cooking. <laughs> yes, yeah, which is also a, a funny, realistic scene. Yeah, maybe not realistic, but um, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. These interactions—they're not just hostile towards each other. Yeah, they do act as if I mean, still toxic friendship, but they still would act the way friends trapped on an island would act, and that's that's where a lot of the levity comes in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I walked out of Joker and thought Joker should get a nod, or Joaquin Phoenix should get a nod, and he still should, but I hope Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe takes it, yeah. uh, for best, best actor. Hey, I'll even say, give, give a best, uh, supporting actor nomination to fucking Mr. Twilight, to Edward. Yeah, I think, my only problem is, I felt like his, uh, his accent was dipping in and out. Sometimes I get what you were saying about having uh, the subtitles, <laughs> but I uh, I liked how even when they were they would do like the whole shanty speak like harsh the high seas and the Poseidon, but when they wanted to get their point across, the sentence that they would use would be pretty clear. Yes, it's like hi hi Poseidon going to crackerjack hard here. They will make you go crazy, and then it'll go exactly. back to like the shanty speak. <laughs> percent of what they would say yeah and then every once in a while you'd be like what the fuck was that <laughs> and you uh, know what it probably lended more to the whole weird fucking surrealist aspect of it the fact that yes. you don't really know what they're saying and you're only getting bits and pieces of information that you understand that shit yeah. puts you on edge a little bit a little bit yeah um no i really liked it love the aesthetic it was just a Man, they don't make them I, like this anymore. <laughs> I agree with Martin Scorsese. Oh, were you saying that the MCU is trash? He didn't say he didn't say MCU is trash. He just said it's not cinema, and um, people think that Marvel movies is all there is. And after I saw that, I'm like, uh, I disagree with that. But then 
I started watching art house horror films for October, and I realized uh, maybe he's got a point here. Yeah. Because these are very different, and I kind of miss not knowing what's going to happen when I go into a theater. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's, uh, maybe it's a little bit of a privilege to have such taste to be film literate, to know, like, where, because it's it's a taste sort of thing. You gotta seek it out. You gotta know where all of the, the awesome... The Oscar-nominated movies are going to play because some of them are really art housey or something, or they're really independent yeah. and they don't get full release dates like across the country. You know, yeah. it's just like with the MCU, that's what the regular folk get all the time. And maybe like they don't have because some people didn't go to college like us. Like us. Yeah, some of us aren't don't smell our own farts. Like I smell yeah. my own my own farts like a good six times a day, Victor. I'm doing it right now. Right now, you know? They're not as, I guess, informed as we are. Because we're fucking nerds, dude. Other people, they're out there. They're not watching The Lighthouse. They're going out to the fucking Endgame. And they're not even watching Endgame, dude. They're getting handjobs and shit. Because they're cooler. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they have dates. They have dates. Yeah. Um, No, and, and listen, this doesn't mean I don't like the MCU. I mean... Spider-Man Far From Home is one of the, my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. I just realized, fucking Christ, it's nice to have movies that break the formula. Definitely. Like, I love, um, I, when, and if you look, if you see all the people that are directing MCU movies, they all came from fucking our house, our house shit. Fucking oh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Coogler did, um, what the fuck did he do? He did Fruitvale Station. Yep, and and yes. then he did Creed, and then they fucking rocketed him to Black Panther. Like, that's eventually those artistic sensibilities, art house sensibilities, they make it to the mainstream. And that's what makes the MCU uh, cool, you know? They, they do, but always remember that the MCU um, has an overall vision, and the directors have to fit within that vision. That's true. And that's why, like, Edgar Wright got canned from Ant-Man halfway through the filming of Ant-Man. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, Those MCU is just like a bigger fucking TV show <laughs> that you go to the theaters to watch. Yeah, I've been saying that for a while where it's like these are just very long episodes Yeah, in a television show that you see in a theater. I think um, uh, the MCU should uh, be nominated for Emmys instead of Oscars. All right. Almost. It, it's <laughs> almost getting on that level. Fuck you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall, yeah, I I really like the lighthouse. Um, it's up there with some of the best I've seen this year. Yeah. And um, the other one I need to see is Parasite because everyone tells yeah, me. Yeah, everyone's telling me about that shit. Uh, it's, it's it's sound looks interesting. I've I've heard it's like a dark comedy. Yeah, I. I honestly don't even know what the genre is, just that I need to go watch it. So. I've, I've tried to, like... Because I think through the trailers, I, they don't really tell you what it's about, and I wanted to look up, like, the synopsis, or just, like, the plot, just so I know. But I kind of don't yep. want to do that. I want to go in there blind and see what happens. No, everyone, I, everyone who's seen it says, like, it. you would benefit by not knowing anything going in. Sweet. So. 
hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll be able to talk about that one yeah. and uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah, let's move on to something else. Did you want to talk about D&D or Obsidian first? Let's talk about Obsidian. Yeah, so Obsidian came out with Outer Worlds. And, and that's totally uh, not Fallout. It's not uh, Fallout whatsoever. Victor, Victor, were you going to say it's Fallout? Because it's not. Well, here's... Let's remember... Let's do a brief recap. Obsidian Entertainment is a video game company that does games such as the South Park role-playing games. And more famously, Fallout New Vegas. Because most of the people who work there are from Black Island Entertainment who created Fallout. Well... Um, I think I recapped this, but Bethesda fucked them over with New Vegas, and they lost the IP. So they went on to go and do Outer Worlds, which is a spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas. And everyone loves it, and everyone hates Bethesda, because they did that weird Fallout first thing for Fallout 76, where you have to pay, like, $60 a year to, uh... To just play their fucking worthless game. Yeah, I don't know why they would do that. It's it's like a fucking... It's as, is it as much as like a Netflix subscription? Either way, why would you put a subscription on a game that was broken when you released it? And it took you that, a year and a half to fix. And that you already had to pay for, presumably. Yes. At the beginning. Because it's different. Like, if I buy Call of Duty, I can't play online until I buy like xbox live or something but that's a different thing than buying a subscription to a game that i already bought in the first place yeah uh yeah one month membership is 12.99 fallout first is a premium membership that enhances the fallout 76 experience members receive access to private worlds exclusive cosmetic items uh atoms other bonuses but it's the like private worlds which are kind of like servers i guess that people are mad about because that should have just been a patch and instead you have to pay not just one thing like not just one uh a one-time thing you have to pay 12.99 a month or a hundred dollars for a year and uh man fuck bethesda yeah fuck bethesda dude what are they doing? What's what's Todd Howard's the guy that's heading that, right? He's a head of Bethesda. Todd Coward. Todd Coward. Oh, he's such a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's I he's the figurehead. I don't know if he's actually. He might be CEO. Let me see. Give me two seconds. I think he might be the CEO. He or he might be like Bethesda Stanley. <laughs> He makes cameos and he everything. He makes cameos and he's all like, I'm going to talk to you about Elder Scrolls. As some as a shady businessman? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the director of Bethesda Game Studios. So yeah, yeah, he's he's ahead of it. He's short. He's 5'6". <laughs> well, he's a nerd, of course. Oh, uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but Outer no, World is amazing. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I've been um, watching some gameplay of it. That's actually what I was doing this morning a little bit before um, before I toked it up. <laughs> uh, I was watching Funhouse play it, and uh, it looks fun. It looks like Fallout, and it plays a lot like Fallout, um, even though it's not. I think they have their own VAT system, but it's not called yep. VATS. 
And I don't have a problem with that. If they're going to crib Fallout, good. I like that game. I like the mechanics. And I think it's coming out for the Switch, right? I mean, it's not out for it right now, but they have a, a Switch release planned, I think. Uh, I'm doing some. Uh, I'm doing. Some, I'm back in the uh, back in the Bat Cave. Back in the Bat Cave. Some research. Doing like some on, research. On uh, back in Is Outer Worlds coming to Switch? I think it is. Uh, is I think it is. I think it's just going to come out like next year or something. But if it does, I'm buying the shit out of it, dude. I've always wanted... When I played Fallout, I would play it in my house on my PS4 and I'd be like, fuck, I want to play this all the time. And Yeah. Because I love those kind of games. I love the the open world games that takes that take you... Uh, it, it takes like a month to finish. And if I can have that on the go... Shit, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, we'll just take it to your job. Yeah, I can get away with it. I think, I think I can probably take Sorry, it. Sir. I can probably if I get a uh, the background acting gigs, I can take it there. And oh, dude, oh, I can't wait. Oh no, I've created a monster. I can't wait. I literally do nothing. Oh fuck yeah, Victor. Thank you. You've given <laughs> me hope. Fallout New Vegas gives you such so many options that no other game would. Um, I'm finishing up Witcher 3 right now and I'm like six in-game days of playing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that is a long fucking game. But it, and I, Witcher 3 is one of the best games I've ever played. But the ranges of choices that they give you in Witcher 3 are like choices that the character that they modeled would make compared to the things that Obsidian does where it gives you just everything that you can do. I mean, they, they fucking... In Fallout New Vegas, and I've said this before, you can kill a kid, feed it to cannibals, and then blame the father and get him arrested. And that's like... I'm just excited for Outer Worlds. You know? Yeah. It looks so, cool, dude. I think that that genre of of games like like Fallout, like Elder Scrolls, like um, even maybe like the, the the Rockstar games like Red Dead or um, Grand Theft Auto, where you have like this open world and you can just do whatever the fuck you want and explore it. That is yep. to me the best genre of video games because it's the sandbox where you have literal freedom. To me, there's there's nothing else better than that. And I guess there's a, there's a reason why the people making Zelda are making Zeldas like that now because I don't know it just it provides for the most fun and freedom. Do you feel the same, or do you have, or do you prefer like fighting games or racing games or like whatever? To me, I mean, it's always like based on a like a mood that I'm in. Gotcha. Because it's like if if like take a fighting game like Mortal Kombat versus Outer Worlds. I need, it's the equivalent of saying I'm in the mood for a family comedy or a horror movie. Gotcha. Know? Okay. Um, but that being said, I don't think we've had a good version of this type of game in a very long time. Um, because like something like Red Dead Redemption, you have some choices, but when it comes to the campaign, 
you're like definitely on a track. It's pretty linear, and, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's not bad, but the open world is more of a almost side quest to the main campaign that they're trying main campaign and story that they're trying to tell. Whereas and again, I I really haven't read too much about Outer Worlds because I want to experience it for myself. But when it comes to Fallout New Vegas, they give you like a set of 20 options and the game can be massively different for a hundred different people. And we haven't like, especially this console generation, we haven't had that in probably in this generation period. Wait, did you say there's like a hundred different ways that the game can end? Just like outcomes? It can be like just different. And I'm I'm saying in Fallout New Vegas, like I said, I haven't like played Outer Worlds yet. But you start out with, in New Vegas, and you can either be the people who defend the small town or go and just raid the town with the evil people. And so that's one ending. Um, so in New Vegas, there's like, and I'm doing like eight? Eight possible endings? Twelve of the overall thing. Fuck. Because there's four factions... And then you have good karma, bad karma, and neutral karma. So four times three is twelve. And those like there's small different details, but then add in all of the side quests that you did, and whether or not they were good or bad endings, or who who you sided with, and then those are like another bunch of different endings that they tack onto it. They totally toned that down for Fallout Four. I think there's only four definitive endings and it depended on which faction you, you went with. There was four definitive endings, and the thing I got was, like, the explosion happens, and he just says, oh, my kid's dead, and then it ends. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Um, you love Fallout 4. It's your favorite game. Man, fuck you. (laughs) But, like, you see how me explaining what happened in New Vegas, how I just was disappointed in Fallout 4? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you, if you get a chance to play Outer Worlds and you like it, I would assume you would like Fallout New Vegas a lot. Like, a whole lot. Hopefully they release it for, um, I mean, I think it would be so easy to release it for the fucking Switch. They should just release, have like a bundle where they have Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas and release that shit and have it on the eShop. People would buy the shit out of that. Well, and then get another bundle of Oblivion and Skyrim. Yeah, dude. The fucking but that oh, eat, they print money on that shit. Yeah, I know. We're we're geniuses. We gotta pitch this to Bethesda. <laughs> They'll be like, "Fuck you, Todd Howard. Todd Coward, get the fuck yeah. out of your your office." Daniel and Victor are taking over. <laughs> now we have to pay two people, <laughs> uh, just one. <laughs> but uh, uh, I I looked it up. Outer Worlds is coming to the Switch. It's just coming uh, next year, twenty twenty. Yeah, 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 I saw that too. Um, yeah, so good, very happy, and a lot of people, because Bethesda was the big thing from Fallout 3 and Skyrim just blew it, blew this place, blew the company up, um, and Obsidian was always like the little brother, and now people are recognizing that the little brother is better than the big conglomerate of Bethesda, so very happy with what's going on right now. A lot of companies are kind of 
fucking up, dude. Like, Bethesda is fucking up with Fallout 76 and stuff, and Bioware isn't doing so well with Anthem. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, and then Mass Effect on Dramada fucking bombed. That I don't know, dude. I don't know what's happening with these, these companies, man. They're, they're not doing so well. They're out of touch. And then Blizzard yeah, is dude. Uh, coming in. No, no, go ahead. I was just, I was just agreeing with you. Coming in, a well, uh, first off, didn't they show support for for like, China? Yeah, yeah. And everyone wanted to dress up as Winnie the Pooh <laughs> and Storm Blizzard BlizzCon. Because the the uh, the president of China looks like Winnie the Pooh. Xi Jinping, yeah. I think that's his Xi name. Xi Jinping, yeah. looks like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> And he hates it so much that he's actually banned images <laughs> with the poo in China. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Does um, he? I'm going to look this motherfucker up right now. Oh, he does. He, you can see it. And if you Google, everyone just Google Winnie the Pooh, Xi Jinping. And uh, you'll get a good laugh because there's one with... Uh, Xi Jinping and Barack Obama walking alongside each other, and they put a picture of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger <laughs> next to each other. <laughs> he does kind of look like Pooh. Oh, uh, he should embrace it. It's endearing. He looks like a big old honey bear. Well, yeah, it, there's another one. Sorry, I don't know who the guy on the left is, but there's one of Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh <laughs> shaking hands. Um... This is better than, and you're right, because my mom, when I told her about this, she's like, he doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is cute. <laughs> oh, but man, it, she just roasted Xi Jinping. It's more it's more endearing than uh, Erdogan and Gollum yeah. from a few years ago, if you remember that. Oh, who'd they look like? Oh, yeah, so like uh, Erdogan? The, uh, I want to say Prime Minister of Turkey, um, everyone was saying he looked like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. And uh, let me find this for you. Oh, for me. President. And some guy, I think, went to prison because he put pictures <laughs> of this guy. Oh my god, yeah, he does look like it. Um, yeah, so if people are going down oh. this weird rabbit hole with us, go ahead and look up E-R-D-O-G-A-N, that's Erdogan, Turkey, and then Gollum from Lord yeah. of the Rings. Oh, and, this is the guy that apparently, I think Turkey and Syria are going to war. Oh, I know this guy, he's been in the news. Yeah, 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 because he's like the leader of Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... People got into some pretty big legal trouble a couple of years ago for putting these pictures up. Um, damn, that's hilarious. How I we think get here? I think they used to say Gaddafi. I don't. Somebody said Gaddafi looks like a evil Carlos Santana. <laughs> Gaddafi. Yeah. Oh. Um. That's. Give me two he's seconds got a, while you look that up. Black Magic Woman was his favorite song. Whoa, Gaddafi, Doctor Evil. Gaddafi. Ah, uh, that doesn't look like him. Did you and ever watch shit, it, the I'm video? Pictures of him, and he does. 
Holy fuck. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, that uh, that video of um, him being murdered by all the, all those people? No, I didn't. Back in the day, I did. Uh, it's not pleasant. Not pleasant at I, all. Did you dislike it? I did. I disliked it on YouTube. But then I put uh, a, I put in the the comments fake and gay. <laughs> That's classic. Internet, <laughs> Daniel. Classic. Fantastic move. Yes, vintage YouTube. Uh, but anyway, Blizzard also announced Overwatch Two. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. They uh somebody told me that two days ago, and I was like, what? I was in disbelief. And it's one of the most confused announcements I've ever seen because they announced Oblivion 2, which is going to have like a campaign type thing. Yeah. But for the multiplayer, everyone from Overwatch 1 is going to get access to everything in multiplayer in Overwatch 2. Yeah. And they're just not going to get the story mode. So why not make the story mode and everything they're doing in Overwatch 2 DLC? Like, like... Even even if it's just because like the multiplayer just put a patch on, if that's what you're gonna do. Yeah. But for the story mode, unless it's like an eighty hour campaign, just sell it for twenty bucks, and people can just download it on their original Overwatch. Because that's what I get from a lot of people that are still playing Overwatch. They're saying that the game isn't complete. <laughs> it's not done. Oh really? No. Yeah. Well, it. It's done, but all it is is just this multiplayer, and then, then they just release the heroes and stuff. People are have been expecting more modes, uh, a story mode, but to make it like a, a separate game, it's like with Left 4 Dead. When people when Valve announced Left 4 Dead 2, a lot of people were all like, what the fuck, you guys haven't finished the first one? Just make this DLC. Like, why are you making a completely different game that you're going to charge us full price for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, because when I played Overwatch, and I put in a couple days of Overwatch, I never felt like the game was incomplete. No. Especially because it was like 30 bucks when I bought it. It was fun. Um, I, I spent an entire summer playing Overwatch. It, yeah, I played a couple, and then every time there was a like a holiday season, I'd go back on and play and try to get the new skins. Um, but this, not that, I think it's, people are saying... I think not that Overwatch is incomplete, just that this new Overwatch 2 entire new game feels wholly unnecessary. Yeah. Just make it DLC. Yeah, it it just... Again, patch the multiplayer for the first game, and then fucking make a paid DLC for the campaign for everyone, and then that would be... That makes so much more sense than releasing a second disc that is almost less complete than the first game. And what sounds really stupid is Overwatch 2 is coming to the Switch. And yeah, uh, yes. I, I want to buy it for the Switch because I, I, like, I like my Switch. I like handheld shit. I like playing games like that on the go. But they're also releasing the, releasing the first Overwatch. And I was excited. I was, yeah, they're releasing the first Overwatch on the Switch too. And I was excited to get the first Overwatch because I wanted to play it like on my Switch. But why would I get the first Overwatch when I can just wait and get the second one that has a story mode and has the same multiplayer? It, it's just stupid. I, I have to wait longer, you know, to have Imagine 
that experience. Imagine if they released Overwatch 1 and 2 as a bundle for 120 bucks. <laughs> People would buy that shit. Oh, I hope they wouldn't. Dumb. <laughs> That'd be so stupid. That would be, that would be like your aunt on Christmas who like did her research but not the right kind of research. So she got you the game but just spent too much money for no reason. Yeah. Dude, do you think that this is like a ploy? This is like a little thing that Blizzard did where they were think dreaming of this game Overwatch. This really massive game that had this really fun multiplayer. And they were going to have these story modes and these other modes. And they just sold us the multiplayer a couple years ago. And then they just completed the game right now and they're just making double money. That's a, that's a good theory, actually. I mean, fucking, Overwatch is three years old now. Yeah. It's going to be four by the time Overwatch 2 comes out. I feel like like most games are just being released without promised modes, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, fuck, putting that into perspective, Overwatch has not gone away. Like, really. No. It's, It's still pretty big in the public eye. And even, and, uh, the thing is, with saying that, like, whether or not Blizzard's trying to, like, take advantage of us yeah. fans, the first one, just, with just the multiplayer, people fucking dug it. It got perfect scores from some people. Yeah. And with, yeah, like, saying, like, oh, Wizards just trying to, Blizzard's just trying to pull the wool over us, the game's still really fun. <laughs> and, I, like I said, once I knew it was only multiplayer, I, I still played days worth of hours into it yeah and uh i never got bored because every time i got bored with one character i would just go and play a different character and it was like a completely new game um who i you know who i would main i'd main hanzo i was one of those guys ah you fuck (laughs) you piece of shit I think I got I got really good with it. I would do the uh, the scatter shot, but I would point at the floor so the arrows would bounce up, so it would be a like a little shotgun blast. Were, were you that guy who, when someone else chose Hanzo, you'd message him saying, "Hey, can you switch up so I can play Hanzo?" <laughs> no, but I would get those messages. People would send me messages whenever I would play Junkrat. They'd call me cheap. I... Go ahead. Go ahead. They'd call me cheap, but you have to understand, the best Junkrats are cheap. That's how you play that fucking character. Because Junkrat isn't even, like, a character that kills a whole bunch. He just is completely defense. Like, his whole point is to knock people off the flag or whatever. He can fuck people up with the grenades, though. You get, like, somebody that's a really talented Junkrat, and he can blow your shit up. Oh, I know, but, like, when it comes to, like damage yeah he like a lot of his special moves are meant to move players from one end of the map to the other yeah even though he can still definitely kill people yeah um true that true no. that he's got that bear trap and the the mine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i would always get the uh i would always get the messages i would always get the ones i was telling you about of hey i want to play that character can you just choose a different character and then i said i wrote back one time no <laughs> 10 minutes later he said hey i just got back from the bathroom can you switch out now and i said no 
Like, what, what, what didn't you understand? Oh, man. He was probably like 12. Oh, I know. Yeah. Probably. And you broke his heart. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I would have said no too. I probably was. I probably would have said fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the internet. It's anonymous. You're never gonna meet me. Never. My uh, this this Overwatch two thing reminds me of Destiny two though, because remember Destiny was supposed to be like one game. Yeah, and then that was be like last for ten years. For ten years, and then they released two, and we're yeah. like, what the fuck? It. I feel yeah. It's. It, I feel like these developers come up with these big ideas and they're like okay this is going to be a great game let's give it to them in pieces over the years <laughs> yeah or they 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 oversell their own stuff yeah yeah and people like Todd Howard and Peter Molyneux who did Fable are famous for doing that cuz i mean the big thing for Skyrim remember was you see that mountain, you can climb it. And there were just some mountains that that was not true for. Yeah. And then Peter Molyneux, who <laughs> sometimes I think he just didn't understand his own game. He would make promises. And then nothing remotely similar to what he was saying would ever wind up in like Fable 3 or something. Yeah. It's, it's that thing that happened with uh, fucking No Man's Sky. Where yes. they hyped the shit out of that thing and they said, like, you can go anywhere. And then the original game comes out and you can't do any of that. And now I think it's it's up to date. I think I think you can do everything that they promised in the game, but it took like two fucking years <laughs> to happen. I, I do I do gotta hand No Man's Sky that because any other game developer would have been like, It's out, we're gonna wash our hands of it and move on and if they had made those changes they would have either had it be paid dlc or release it as no man's sky 2 um but no they just rolled their sleeves up and got to work and eventually people got the game that they were promised i'll say this i have no problem with games being released sort of incrementally like with Correct. overwatch yep. how like okay we don't have this whole game complete, but we've made the multiplayer, and it's a lot of fun here. And we're going to give yeah. it to you. A few years from now, you're going to get a story mode and then other modes, and this game will be complete. I, If companies like Bethesda, Blizzard, and uh, Bioware, whatever, are up front with how they're going to release that game, I'm good. Because five yeah. years from now, I'm going to have a really great game. I don't, I, I don't like being... I guess people don't like being tricked, where they're like, okay, the game is complete, and then years down the line, you have to, the game, the, the company has to patch the game, you have all this DLC and stuff right. that you have to pay for. I, it, it would help, I think it, this is me, as a consumer, giving these companies advice, if it's going to take years for your game to be completed, even after your projected release, from the get-go, say, this is going to be a process. Like, you'll get the multiplayer now, and then you'll get yeah. the story mode a few years from now. But in five years, we hope to have this game completed, and you'll get to play it as we complete certain portions of it. Well, okay, so, like, two things on that. I generally agree, because people... I think the big times companies get into issues is when they're not um, being open with their customers. 
it's like radio silence. And that's what happened with Fallout 76 and some of the stuff where there was radio silence for so long. And then when they did release announcements, it was like really fucking dumb and weird announcements. Um, but remember, Overwatch was never promised a campaign. It was always just supposed to be a multiplayer thing. That's true. They was, uh, yeah, the lore was always revealed through, I think, like, the comics that they would have on the website through, uh, I guess, like, the stages. Those animated shorts. Animated shorts, yeah. That sort of thing. That's true. Um, but... It, but maybe so, Blizzard knew that and left that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, so if they had planned on a single-player game, they never really said anything about it which is good because then no one expected no it. one expected it yeah because if if they had said this is gonna we're also gonna do a single player thing then that's a different story i and i think too the if i remember correctly um the single player uh, a mode for single player for overwatch was something that came from the fans and the people that played it because Blizzard, the only thing I feel like Blizzard promised was we're gonna keep updating these these this game. You're gonna get more heroes. You're gonna get more stages. You're gonna get more modes. And then people are like, oh, story mode, yeah, like that's oh, what they yeah. they wanted something to explain the story a little bit more. So maybe Overwatch Two is a response to fucking us. <laughs> yeah, and and I believe that. Um, I. Uh, yeah, so here we go. And I don't even know, because... First off, we're not even sure if it is a, like, story mode. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, I'm on a website right now, and it says, Overwatch 2 will include, quote-unquote, deeply replayable PvE hero missions. And, like, a hero mission isn't necessarily, a, a, like, a single-player campaign, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, we, we, like everything, we just need to kind of sit back and watch what's going to happen. Yeah. I just want people to know that I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have to sit back and see how this rolls out. I'm, uh, you think it'll be a disaster? A lot of releases for these games have been so bad, dude. Have you heard about WWE uh, 2020? Uh, In passing, I've heard of it. How the game is basically broken. (laughs) And there's a bunch of videos on YouTube of the the glitches. How, like, wrestlers are just flying in the air and spinning around. And people, from what I've seen... um. WWE 2K19, like, take the glitches out of it. The previous installment was better than this year. Yeah. Where the hair physics would just stand still for some reason. And that didn't even look like a glitch. It just looked like it was part of the game. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are saying, that 2K19 was way better than 2K20. I had a stroke back then. I was trying to remember the name for the, the name of the game, but I yeah. I know the history of why um uh the game is so bad and so glitchy. Uh, twenty two K twenty. Um, it's because the the company that used to make all of the WWE games, Ukes, uh, they didn't make this game. 
They're uh, Yuke's is a oh. is a company that is based out of Japan, and 2K has them make the WWE games. This uh-huh. is the first game that they didn't make, and so what happened was, uh, I think Yuke's saw the the botched release. Uh, they went to 2K and were like, "What the fuck, 2K? Like, yeah. what did you guys do?" And uh, I think they struck up a partnership, and the people at Yuke's are fucking trying to fix this game right now as we speak <laughs> i've heard they're working like 24 7 to like fix all the patches and bugs which is crazy Everyone. oh go ahead which uh, which is crazy to me i i heard that story and was all like what that's insane <laughs> everyone at uh i'm about to sneeze i'm gonna try not to um everyone who worked on k 20 is like did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? It's just Did Urkel. It's just Urkel in the room. He's the guy that was, I was tasked to make WWE 2K20. Yeah, because Urkel's a nerd, but he's not like a wrestling nerd. No, he's so not. Get it. He's not even a good nerd. Like he's like he's like a Professor Frank, where he's a nerd, where he makes these inventions, but they all suck. Yeah, he's, he, he's like a Shia LaBeouf's character in Even Stevens, where he can build things, but it always explodes. At yeah. The end. <laughs> um. All right. Last thing. Uh, you had Game of Thrones news. Yeah. It. it and you know more about this than I do because I just read the title. Yeah, I've been. I've been. Again, I've been watching. Shout out to Funhouse. Uh, they have a good movie podcast, and the topic for this week was a uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Benioff and Weiss. I don't know their first names, but I know their uh, their last names. Benioff and Benioff and Weiss. They are. Well, go ahead. Sorry, I think they're both David. Dave, are they? Um, no fucking way. Oh no, no, excuse me. David Benioff and DB Weiss. Okay. So people call them D and D. Gotcha. So D and D of uh, Game of Thrones, the showrunners, they were tasked by Lucasfilms and I guess Disney to write a Star Wars trilogy. Uh, they yes. were they were tapped to do this while they were doing Game of Thrones, and a lot of people said that the reason why they wanted to end Game of Thrones with uh, season eight is because they wanted to move on to do the Star Wars trilogy for Disney. Uh, around the same time, they were able to ink in a uh, an, a deal with Netflix. Uh, I think it was a, a $250 million deal to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Right. Uh, this week, I think it was either... I think it was yesterday or two days ago. But uh, the week that we were recording this podcast... It was reported that they have exited the Star Wars trilogy that they were tapped to write and produce for Disney. And people are speculating why that happened. And uh, people are saying it's two reasons. One, uh, it's the Netflix deal that they have. They've sort of uh, double-booked themselves and uh, put a lot on their plate. And the Netflix deal is really demanding and I guess more lucrative. I guess if they're leaving the Star yeah. Wars trilogy, and well, generally, uh, sorry, generally, um, fucking 
sorry, I, I completely derailed you, but generally like television deals, because they're longer forms, are a bit better than a one-and-done movie trilogy. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the clauses or one of the things that they're that's in their Netflix Netflix contract is that they have to be like on set that they they have to be near and around their movie while it's being made and they can't go off and do something else. Right. And um uh so that's one thing. That's one reason why people think that they left uh Star Wars. Another reason is toxic fandom. I I think uh a lot of people think that the the backlash they got from Game of Thrones uh, influenced uh, the people at Disney, and I think them. I think it maybe shook them a little bit too, uh, Benioff and Weiss, and they uh, don't want to risk ruining Star Wars. <laughs> I guess. Right. I don't know, but uh, those are the two reasons why. Those are the two reasons people suspect why they're not doing Star Wars anymore. Well, and, and like not just toxic fandom from. And listen. I don't really think the Game of Thrones fandom is super, uh, like, toxic, if I'm being completely honest. No, I think that because they're sort of on base. That last season uh, came up short a little bit. Was uh, poo-poo. Yeah. And uh, in D&D, they knew this because they said, we're going to just be in a cabin in the woods while the, uh, while the final episode gets released. So they just they knew that they didn't want to hear anything from their fans because they knew it would be bad stuff. Um, I do think the Star Wars fandom is a little bit toxic, if I'm being completely honest. People want to crucify Ryan Johnson still. I, 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 did, was Last Jedi that bad? Apparently. Because <laughs> I really... I remember thinking this might be my least favorite Star Wars... Well, no, Solo is... But this might be my least favorite as of right now, but I don't think it's terrible. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I didn't... Yeah, I didn't think it was terrible either. I... I don't know how it, uh... How the story is gonna progress. It didn't lead me to believe... Like, I, I can't... I don't see what the end game is or even what the whole trilogy is about, but... I, right. Like, I didn't... I didn't think the movie was bad. No, exactly. Like, and... Well, and that's what... Ryan Johnson... He, he's kind of known for doing that stuff. And you look at his career and he, it was an interesting choice that he do that Star Wars movie. Um, given his history with stuff like Looper and his episode on uh, Breaking Bad and everything. Um, but I, I don't, so D&D were just going to go from one angry fan base to another. another. Yeah. So... I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's whatever to me. It's I. It I, as a. I liked Game of Thrones, and yeah. they they had a good seven seasons, and they're they're talented. I would have been interested to see what they do with Star Wars, um, but I guess like I don't know. Like I guess <laughs> I I have to. Maybe it, it's good to sort of see what they're going to create on Netflix. Something that they're not... Because the, so far, the things that they've done or the things that they were been tasked to do have been other people's franchises. You know, Game of Thrones and Star Wars. Maybe with Netflix, that'll give them a chance to create something that's wholly their own, you know? Well, and I... I don't know 
because this is hard for me because they did really well when they were adapting basically page to screen game of thrones yeah but when it came time to them continuing the story they dropped the ball um so i'm interested in if that was them not knowing where to take the work of someone else or if they just don't know how to tell stories on their own and this netflix thing is definitely going to be um is going to be the litmus test for that did you ever hear about their uh the project that they were going to do with hbo before they signed the netflix deal no, what was it? It's well, get a load of this. They were gonna do a, a series based on the uh, the Confederacy. Oh, really? Yeah, like the Southern Confederacy. About, I think it was gonna be about people living during uh, the Civil War times, and they were in the and uh, they people living in the Confederate states that rebelled back in the uh, during the Civil War times. And uh, people got mad. <laughs> people were like, "What the fuck? Like, why are you guys making that that show?" But I think it's a. I don't know if it was based off of anything, but that was going to be their next HBO project. Okay. Very. Okay. That's. Why were people mad about that? I don't know. I think people are just sensitive with that sort of thing. People hear Civil War, they hear Confederacy, they think of slavery and racism. So it's just. I feel like it's like a natural thing to think of, but I. I don't know. I've, maybe people got a little too angry <laughs> with that. You're saying people are sensitive to slavery? No, I I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, Weird, huh? That is, I, that is... I wonder, do we know what this new Netflix thing is going to be? I don't know. I don't think they've uh, announced what projects they're working on. They just announced like, that, that they're going to do shit for Netflix. Okay. And I guess they're doing shit for it right now because they quit Star Wars. <laughs> so they're hard gotcha. at work right now. And maybe we'll see it eventually. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Well, I think... Well, what time are we at? We are at an hour and a minute. Oh! I think that's a good time because I've, uh, I've had to pee for the past 20. Yeah, you had to pee last week too. Yeah, yeah I just I like drink a lot of water. You yeah, know? dude. You you pee a lot. You're just uh, full of urine. Just <laughs> that's why they call me Urine Victor. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> that's why you smell like ammonia all the time. Yeah, exactly. No wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>, you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, hey, listen, uh, Linda. Listen, we've got a show coming up. Yeah, we do. On November 17th. I'm going to finally start putting on my socials because uh, it's official now for me. Um, oh, you got the day off? I got I got the weekend off. Oh, shit. Are all your iHeart buddies going to come and see us be maniacs? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Tell um, them to come. I want you to get fired. Oh, yeah. That'll be, that'll be great. Yeah. Because uh, I will get fired for whatever happens. <laughs> Um, but hey, it's what, November 17th at 9.30 p.m. at... The Rec Room in Huntington the Beach. Room. Holy fuck, I just, I completely spaced. I Were you going to call I, it the improv? No, I, I just, <laughs> no words, like I just went blank for a minute. 
Um, it's yeah, the pee, so, dude. And it's taking over your mind. <laughs> we, yeah, it's filling up my brain. <laughs> <laughs> your brain's filling up with piss, dog. When I, I got cut the other day and piss came out instead of blood. <laughs> but, um... Uh, can we announce who's going to be there? Uh, yeah, I guess, um, wait, Hello? I need to clarify with them, and I need to get the lineup. Okay, for sure, for sure. So maybe yeah, we we'll have a very good lineup. We have a good lineup, and maybe we'll announce it next week. Very good. Yeah. All right, so this has been Instant Adventure. My name is Victor Wright. My name is Daniel Farias. And we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys, we love you. Bye-bye. Bye.